Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And I'm feeling sad I simply remember my favorite things And then I... Oh, oh, oh shit I'm sorry I was just singing show tunes to myself Is that a show tune? Or is that a Broadway tune? Or is that a musical tune? Don't know Just know it's a tune And I'm very good at singing it And I apologize That I accidentally started recording a podcast Like halfway through one of the verses, or maybe that was the chorus. Don't really know. Um, how's it going? It's episode 78, question mark, of Getting It Out podcast. So that song there that you just heard, that was from a band called uh, Time and Pressure out of St. Louis, Missouri. A sweet-ass hardcore band. I really liked that record. It was called, again, number 75, and that's off the album The Gateway City Sound uh, that's coming out. I don't know what label it's coming out on, but it's coming out pretty soon. You can pre-order it on Death Wish Inc., um, and you can listen to it on Bandcamp. I'll put that shit in the, in the show notes as usual. Um, 
Gateway City. Is that, I guess that's what they call St. Louis. St. Louis! Is that, is St. Louis the same as St. Louis? And some people just say it a little frou-frou? Is frou-frou okay to say? Let's just call it St. Louis so I don't get myself into these messes, okay? Um, yeah, Time and Pressure from St. Louis. Cool hardcore band. Check them out. Uh, like I said, that song was called Number 75. I believe it's number 75, unless they were like, no, 75, like, I'm no, 275, it would be a weird stance to take, unless it's like a proclamation, I don't know, alright, I'm digging a hole here, so, let's talk about hardcore more, this episode features a legend in the hardcore scene, Eddie Sutton, of the also legendary Leeway, now called Leeway NYC, and uh, I didn't realize that, and maybe you did, and maybe you're wondering why, and uh, it just so happens that Eddie's going to explain that in our interview today on this podcast that you're about to listen to. Eddie will explain the very reason why the band is now known as Leeway NYC, all right? And it's a pretty good one. How about if I do this? How about if I just tell you all the questions and then all the answers, and then I give you my opinion about his answer, right? And I'll just summarize the conversation, and then you don't have to listen to the whole thing, but that would be foolish and stupid, and I don't want that to happen. I'm willing to do it, but I'm not. I lied. So I'm digging the hole again. This is getting bad. Um, I don't know. Let's just go into the episode, okay? How about that? I think that's the best idea. I think that's the best thing to do is get me out of here, play the fucking rap song, and uh, move on into this sweet ass. But I can't say the sweet ass again. I already said sweet ass like four times now. You can't say I'm maximizing. I'm maxing out on sweet ass. All right, let's just go ahead. Dark Satellite Media. You know, when I started doing a podcast, I thought I found my calling. But there's something more. There's a little something more I think I can reach into. I got a little more in me. I need to get it out. Just like the podcast. It's Getting It Out rap song from the Getting It Out podcast. And it feels powerful. I think you feel it too. I think you feel it too. There's certain things that need to be said Because I was thinking about it a lot lately What exactly was I was thinking about? I'll have to break it down here Just a little bit for you I was sitting at home trying to relax When I realized a podcast needs a rap It sound way better with they thought back But I gotta spit quick on these Amish cats For big horse of shit on rumble strips Zeb sits back with a hundred kids But I know how shallow that gene pool is So what did he do with his cripple pin? How do you tell the time at night When the sun don't shine on the dial bright While Von Scotts lives the hard rock life Singing on the streets underneath the lights I got grocery lists of shit I don't like Gonna run them by old bike on ice And like cops have a day with the butt drug tips This podcast will flip your lids so that's what I sing about on the song for the podcast. It's getting it Okay, so here we are. I'm, I'm doing this one a week early, baby. A week early. An entire week early. You know why? Because I'm about to go on a vacation. I never go on vacation. This is an actual vacation, too. A vacation to a beach in a house for a week 
with my family, um, which is mostly a good thing, right? Like, family vacations are interesting. They're usually, they start good, and they usually end good too, but they do get interesting. We'll leave it at that. They do get interesting. I don't know when this one is going to get interesting. Uh, We'll find out. But hopefully, it's all good interesting. But today, I went, to, I went to do some grocery shopping today in preparation for packing tomorrow. Just slight things, you know, to take with us to the grocery store and uh, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the beach where I just said I was going. To the fucking beach! That's where I'm going, all right? That's to, let's relax, everybody. Um, and I walked in into the grocery store, and there's this guy in the produce department. You know how we walk in, you kind of like right in the pro. It depends on what door you walk in, I guess. They don't know you, Dan. They don't know which grocery store you're going to. Bring, keep it together. So I walk in, and there's this guy in the in the produce department, which is right as soon as you get in the door. And he's fucking darting around that thing. And he's just walking. There's no cart. There's nothing in his hands. He's just walking. And, it, and I realize he's, he's just... He's like mall walking... But in a grocery store, which is very inconsiderate, the the, the the grocery store is already a nightmare with all the people and the carts and what have you, and uh, and the people stocking shelves and shit. And this guy wants to dart around like the DNA from the Jurassic Park video. Like, get out of the way, all right? I don't need I don't need an extra obstacle. This is already the most stressful place on earth, in my opinion, the grocery store. And uh, I would like for you to leave. And I don't think you should be getting your exercise done in here. Just because vegetables are healthy for you doesn't mean you need to exercise near them or on them or around them or among them. Whichever, eat them. Eat them afterwards. Eat them after your, your wonderful exercise of walking briskly. What a fucking stupid exercise that is, by the way. That's not helping anybody. Unless you're like 600 pounds. By the way, if you're 600 pounds, please walk briskly. Um, if you're 400 pounds, if, you know what? If you're 300 pounds, please walk briskly to and fro from here to there and uh frequently because you need to lose some weight and i'm here for you all support it's all support here at getting it out podcast we want you to be less fat i don't know why i always say we we as in he as in dan which is me all right that's that's i, I always say we it's just it's, I'm, a, I'm a one-man show i'm a one-man show talked a little bit about that with eddie uh eddie sutton of leeway on, on my interview with him, and I guess I should probably just play it for you. That would make a lot more sense. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's let's uh let's play the song "I'm Your Pusher" off of the upcoming uh, just released, I guess, um, "Tipping Point" seven inch on Upstate Records. Uh, so listen to this. Listen to "I'm Your Pusher" by Leeway NYC, and then listen to my conversation with Eddie Sutton of Leeway NYC. How about that? Let's do it.
I'm just getting settled in. How are you tonight? I'm great, actually. You know, it's it's been a nice cool. relaxing day, I guess. So I'm I'm ready for some more relaxing. Good, good. <laughs> we'll have a good conversation. Is it just going to be you and me? Do you it's, have a co-host? Or? Nope, it's just you and I. All right. Tell me a little bit about the podcast. Well, oh, this is this is interesting. We never start this way. Thank you for asking. This podcast, mm-hmm. um, it started out with just me kind of talking, doing bullshit, trying to be funny, right? But, uh, you know, I've always been real into hardcore, uh, heavy metal, punk rock, whatever. And uh, gotcha. so I started bringing all my friends who were in bands. And then it kind of just expanded into this thing now where every episode I have somebody on from a band. And uh, this week it's going to be you. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, I tried starting one too, but we couldn't really get a steady thing going. We're going to try to regroup and start by the end of the year. I like the format. It, it's a great way just to have... Uh, a stimulated conversation and right. you know talk about music and talk some shit you know at the same time which is always fun exactly and yeah and, and you, you know the, the the way that i found and the, the reason i like doing it alone but you know just on my end is that i don't have to count on anybody i can i've been consistently this is this is uh, that last week was like 76 weeks in a row where i put out one episode you know and it's real easy to be consistent and stay on it when you're just only dealing with one person as opposed yeah, to lying up schedules. person to rely on. Yeah, exactly. I know that. Yeah. yeah. Trying to put a team together, you know, especially like in hardcore is almost like, you know, a modern <laughs> day spinal tap. Right, right. In way too many ways, you know what I mean? And, and, and it, it's not funny because you're not watching the movie, you're in it. Sure. You know sure. what I mean? So it's, it's Twilight Zone slash, you know, spinal tap, you know? Right. I don't know which one I am, but, you know. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of all of it, you know? Yeah, yeah, and that might be the problem. Maybe it's me. <laughs> wow, we don't we don't know. We'll, ne- we'll never know, right? Well, it, it, sp- to go on that, though, you, you're, you, you're back at Leeway again. Back back to where you started, kind of? Uh, you know what it is. You, you know, uh, over time I became Eddie Leeway. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as I, you know, pursued another project over the last decade, um, getting back into music and, and trying to do other things, 
you know, I realized also how much I miss these songs and, and just doing a live show and bringing that energy. You know, these songs, you know, the whole discography is a part of my life. Each of these songs are a story I told. Right. You know, and despite that it's not the other guys behind me, I can do this with friends, people I have mutual interests in and have better relationships with, and we could go out and do a great fucking tribute to the band. Sure. And, you know, it's easier to replicate the music, I guess, than it is to replicate me, so it works. <laughs> yeah. And I don't cool. bullshit people, you know. It's a lot of the reason why I chose Leeway NYC, because I wanted the people to understand that it's a new phase. And I didn't want to disappoint anybody assuming the band was back. Right. You know, right. because until social media gave enough time to explain to people that it was me doing this, you know, and I started calling it the Eddie Leeway show even for a while. Sure, I remember. And not because of, you know, rights or anything like that. I wanted to designate a change, you know, despite that we are out putting a tribute to the songs, you know. Yeah. So it it just fell into place as Leeway NYC. You know, it's a name I've been branded with, even as a nickname. You know, so it's it, it so be it. Wear it. You know, and that's that's exactly what I'm doing, and just simply moving forward. You know, I've been blessed with being relevant still to this day, and there's still kids that are younger than the songs wanting to come out and enjoy the set. I mean, what more can I ask for? You know, if I wanted to be a rock star, I probably would have joined the boy band and went another way. But right. that just wasn't me. You know, uh, this this was my thing. You know, I, I'm, I'm living a dream. I either wanted to be a baseball player, a lawyer, or, or you know, a singer in a band. So yeah. I got to do it. I got to do it, you know. And I still get to play with my baseball card, so it's a double dream, I guess. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not, I'm not in the roster, but you know, at least I get to collect the cards, you know, and build my sets from my youth. You know, was there ever any but, uh, weird? Was there any weird kind of promotion shit where you were on a baseball card? I know I have like musicians on baseball cards. Did that ever happen for I you? I was playing in like a not a really a league, but you know. Um, I was I was playing on the island a little bit over a summer, yeah. a little bit of baseball with a bunch of guys that go to shows or in bands, and somebody made a mock-up photo of me, <laughs> you know, so you see me in like a pair of shorts and sambas and like a three-quarter sleeve old school like baseball right, undershirt, right. Yeah. but you know, it's an advert for do is scotch, you know, <laughs> so you see me like, you know, taking a bad cut of the ball and it put me down a shortstop so i got my baseball card <laughs> there you, you go. know so you know i'm 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 living the dream over here you know well if, and if you i don't know um, if you are but maybe you're just really good at arguing you can kind of consider yourself a lawyer in that way so you hit all three well i could debate like a motherfucker there you go. especially to, to my girl six-year-old you know so <laughs> maybe maybe i could litigate a little bit better around the house you know oh so you got not getting paid for it but yeah yeah. You know. You got a, you got a 6-year-old around the house too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah a 6-year-old my... and a 31-month-old. Uh, I'd be kind of uh falling into the stepdad world. 
over the past year. And oh, that's cool. So did I. Kind of exciting. I, I, know, I, I uh, did too. But on the other end, mine's my stepdaughter's twelve and my daughter's six. But yeah, that's awesome. that's awesome. I'm, I'm real glad to hear that. It's a yeah, it's a cool yeah, opportunity like to be like a stepdad. Instant family. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's almost like an instant coffee. You know. Right. <laughs> but uh, I never expected it. it. It happened at the right time in my life, so I'm making the best of it, you know. Uh, you know, you don't really understand it, I guess, until you're in it, you know. Right. My thing was I was always afraid of failing yeah. kids, so I, I never wanted to go there. But it, it just fell into place, and, and it all works. You, you can't say no to that. You just can't, you know. Yeah, and it, it gives you gift. a... It gives you a real, like for me. I grew up with my my dad never really gave much of a shit. Still kind of doesn't, and uh, and, I, and then I had a but I did get a stepdad when I was younger, and so like well I never I never really developed a bond with my stepdad like my brother and my sister did. I still uh, did have a male role model in my life that I did respect, you know where where before him I didn't, and it I gave too. Yeah. It, it gave me two things that I could either emulate. I could either emulate my dad who didn't give a shit. Or I could emulate the you know this guy I respect who maybe I wasn't necessarily close with, but I, like he's just you know a positive role model, and I think you know just it's it's like you know your situation, my situation, you kind of get the opportunity to do the same thing for other kids, and I think that's real cool. Yeah, I think you know there's a lot of kids out there with with single moms that do need that, and you know thankfully, despite our dads, we did have a strong male role model within the family whether it was a stepdad or grandparents right. or what have you because i did have my grandfather on my mom's side i did have my grandmother on my mom's side you know yeah. after a certain period of time after the breakup yeah the other family kind of disappears and and you're on your own right. and i know a lot of kids out there that don't have that role model but beautifully you know there are a lot of single moms in hardcore and and they do gravitate to shows and you know there are guys there that really appreciate the kids coming to the shows and and you know being a part of this thing because it is a community it's not just you know uh, a scene in many ways for a lot of people you know they do hang out at you know outside of shows and spend time together and you know we got to look out for kids not only just like a saying for like the the new kids that want to be a part of this thing of ours, but there's a lot of kids out there that need a proper direction and right. need some sort of support, and and you know, it it it's a necessity to grow up properly. Or, you know, I would not have been able to come to terms probably with my addiction and want to change my life as I'm turning thirty mm-hmm. if I didn't have better role models in my life. I probably would have just kept fucking up and going in and out of prison and and never get my life together, you know? Yeah. There are a lot of people like that, you know? And now I could see it more. I could see it for what it is, and it's important for me to do right, you know? Yeah. And and take this family on and and give them the opportunity to have something better than I had. You know, and I think any real parent obviously feels that there are some out there that don't and are very detached, yeah, psychotic. You know, because I don't know how you could be so detached. Uh, yeah, 
but I guess for some men, it's the flat phallic being, you know, they're just seed droppers right. and, and they go on, you know, and a woman is obviously a nurturer, you know what I mean? So they end up holding the whole ball and, and get stuck, you know, having to make, you know, sacrifices and choices, you know, which isn't really fair, you know, seeing these guys just turn out to be mutts and mamalukes, not giving a crap, you know. But, you know, not going over there, I I think a lot of us had that understanding. And and I I feel very blessed because I always loved kids. I just never wanted to let one down, you know what I mean? But once you have the opportunity, you just simply go for it and you make the best of it. You know, you don't... you. You worry about those things, sure, and right. they stress you out because you don't want to be that failure. So it helps you; it inspires you to keep going. You know. Yeah, and you got you got you got to you got you got to go for it. You know, it's it's like all the other all the other things that you're scared to do. I mean, it's it's that simple. You got to go for it, and this um, one just might mean a lot more. You know. Carol Lee makes mom life, you know, excellent. It's enjoyable. It's. It's infectious to be a part of. It, it's so much easier for me than I expected. In in true honesty, you know. Yeah. Don't mind me. I'm just slipping on my coffee. Oh, it's okay. you're all good. You're all good. I thought I lost. I came prepared, Dan. <laughs> I came prepared. Good. You good, know. Good. I appreciate that. That's that's you know. Sometimes you get people on here that aren't quite prepared, and I love I love where you're at. Or if we're not talkative and stuff like that. Well, you know, again, for me, you know, I appreciate the opportunity to even get to talk. You right. know, and I do like the podcast format. You know, it it seems much more interesting than the average press. Yeah. Most bands don't get a steady opportunity to be able to record a conversation slash interview. So yeah. I, I think it's a medium we need to take full advantage of as well. You know? Well, that's good news to me. I mean, you, but you got you got to be, I'd imagine you've got to be getting hit up by people uh, for a lot of podcasts right now. I mean, you, people know who um, Eddie Sutton is, you know, it's, it's not it's like getting them. Yeah. You know, and, and I get lucky like that, you know, but, uh, you know, as far as now with the new single, Upstate Records, helping us, backing us up with Distro, um, yeah. they're the main camp, you know, overseas. We're going to be working with Cortex to take care of mainly Europe, but um, I, I just like the energy coming out of Upstate Records. I really don't like small labels because I've had horrible luck, or let's be honest, I really never liked a label before. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there's something about this and, you know, I want to try to make things work and move forward and you just have to try to find the best people. It's about establishing a team while still trying to maintain a relative DIY ethic. You know, it's it's not the industry it used to be. And in a way, I'm glad because there was something wrong with the industry and there's still lots of things wrong with this industry the way the business is handled I don't understand why it needs to be the way it is if there was a little bit more you know honesty and and openness you know there's really not that much money to be made to 
for people to not fly straight, right. you know? Uh, you know, I, I guess we can't expect everybody to be like Maya Lansky where, you know, they know all their business right in their hat and everybody gets taken care of no matter what. And it's almost like guaranteed that, you know, this is a stand-up guy and he does his business right. A lot of the smaller labels, they just don't have the financial means. I think they spread themselves too thin and then they have to choose who they're going to burn or screw over or, and then, you know, maybe they don't want to tell them no. So then they try to duck them for weeks and put them off, you know, and that's just not the way to do business with me. I'll tell you, right sure. the fuck away. you know what <laughs> I mean? It's like, you know, um, the last label I tried to work with and I'm on a campaign to boycott the hell out of them. And I'll explain that now, you know, is, is, this, the, is this the open mouth kiss thing? Yes, this is the open mouth kiss. Well, let's, let's explain you know. that before before we go into it. The open mouth kiss. Well, what, this, what, what record would that have been for Leeway? The, the third? The fourth, fourth length. One, fourth it one. was the fourth one. Adult Crash wasn't as exciting as the first two. Yeah. Um, we definitely were in a transition musically that, you know, finally came with open mouth kiss, but it wasn't strong. I wasn't that healthy, so you know, there's there's a couple of memorable moments on the record, but it's not a top to bottom album like the first two were. Sure. And open mouth kiss was that last record that was strong and, you know, uh some people were taken aback in ninety five, but after a decade now twenty four years, twenty five years it does get the respect for what it is, even yeah. though it's not like the first two. Right. Now, Reality based out of Belgium. This was a record deal. I kind of went along to go along. I, I you know, I, it was done by AJ. He didn't even contact me for my opinion or input. You know, and I started getting phone calls from two different labels saying, I'm your record label. We're going to reissue your stuff. Oh, all right. You know, yeah. uh, I'll always, I'll, you know, um, I'll, I'll always try, you know, even though I feel very disrespected by the previous members. And that's a lot of the reason why I stand alone and, and do it this way now. Anyhow, yeah. um, you know, they got their other bands, they're playing for this one and that one, you know, they don't really care. So, you know, that, that makes it easier for me to just work with my friends and move forward. Now I explained to reality records how not to work with me and i explained previous experiences that turned me off and pissed me off and made me walk away from people before mm -hmm. and even with explaining all of that to him he still did the things that i told him not to do uh, on top of that you know he started the pre-order for the first two albums and, you know, so I was supposed to be getting X amount of copies. So I started a pre-order. This pre-order went on for almost eight to nine months before people received their product. Damn. You know, and, and you know, they gave Eddie their money. They didn't give Tom from reality sure, records. Sure. So I'm on the fucking line. It's, I'm on the chopping block. And let me tell you something, I'm not interested in taking somebody's money for, you know, a product and, and for reissue of the vinyl just to not give him something for seven months. You right. know what I mean? I'm not trying to be that guy. 
you know, that's ruining my rep. It, it really damaged the mail order that I established up to that point as I started being a touring band again. Yeah. And it didn't happen just that one time. It happened again. But that first time when I finally got the product, the box was torn open through the side like some forklift decided to play demolition derby with the fucking box so every album cover was busted and oh. and i assumed some of the vinyl wasn't in good shape after that and i had to go to tour europe before i was able to mail them out so here i am coming back from europe with 60 you know album covers for fucking desperate measures so i could finish the mail order so it took forever, and then he did it again to me, which pissed me off. Uh, his excuse was, you know, he was putting too much into tour support and everything else. But at the same time, when I'm doing checkup calls with him, he's telling me he's selling X amount. So, in essence, so which one is it? The money's there. That's what's yeah, supposed yeah. to be mine anyway. Right. So you know. And and that's where really just hit the nail on the head. And I told him back in 2015, I'm done with you. I'm not working with you. Do not try to move forward with any other releases. You got this far, you know, make the best of that. And uh, until I can get control out of this, you know, I'm going to make sure this ends. But he moved forward with AJ and I stopped promoting the reissues. You know, kids come up to me and ask me to sign it. Yeah, I'll sign it. I'm not going to really make a big stink. Right. I was figuring, you know, I'd eventually have my moment with him. And it was supposed to happen on this last tour. You know, we played uh, a festival in Ardshot in Belgium called the Revelation Fest. Yeah. And Reality Records was one of the sponsors. But they were there, meaning people that work or were friends at Tom. But Tom never showed up. He never that? showed up. So he waited until after that weekend and I was out of the country to announce pre-orders for Open Mouth Kiss. Oh, Jesus. Like he thinks he's going to to get over on me and my hard work, you know? Yeah. And, you know, here's the other thing with the, with the other members of Leeway. You know, I told AJ in 2006 that this was my goal. You know, that at some point I wanted to just play out, you know, kind of like HR. You know, he went out, he had his HR band, but he would do some bad brain stuff once in a while and do his new music. That was my goal, right. you know. So I told him, you know, almost 15 years ago I planned on doing this. And, you know, if they wanted to press up some merch and go sell some merch, hey, go do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not trying to fight anybody about this, but if there's something that we're mutually a part of, like the discography, there should be a better way for us to handle it. We don't have to talk or be around each other, but we can do a fair shake to each other. Sure. You know, I'm out there putting on this show and I have to pay a band, so there's that production cost. So, you know, everybody knows the show is for who does the show, you know, but yeah. I, I never said you can't do merch, you can't, you know, bring a record deal to the table for all of us, but it's not being done that way. You know, it's, it, it's, it's just like the soap opera down the block in New York Harbor, if you know, and everybody knows who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know exactly not, who you're talking about. I'm not trying to play that game. Yeah. I'm not trying to play that game. That's why I, I chose leeway NYC 
so there wouldn't be any of this bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't about I didn't have the rights to ban it. We never went there. But this other fuckery is just ridiculous, <laughs> you know, and, and it's wrong. It's wrong. It shouldn't be done. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's where I'm at with that dude. I don't want anybody buying this CD. You know, it doesn't benefit or support me and the production of the show that I'm doing now. You know, yeah, he's, he's, he's just being the typical bootlegger that he is. And that, and he's the reason why the music isn't on Spotify and iTunes because he never procured the rights properly. Right. I believe Sony owns the publishing rights to this first two albums. So they're the ones that shut him down. But That's interesting. nobody was, goes I, and asks him. Why yeah, I was going to, I was going to ask you about iTunes that. And Spotify, yeah. you know, and nobody goes to AJ and asks and they go to me. Like it's on me. Like I did it again. My neck's on a fucking chopping block. No, no, it's, not on iTunes and Spotify simply because AJ never procured the rights properly to do it and got into bed with a mealy pussy Belgian and tried to play games. That's why, you know, so at the end of the day, this is why I moved forward, Dan, because I can't control the past. I can only control the now and the future. So that's where my narrative is. You know, I can always do the live show. I can pay tribute to the to the songs and introduce something that is just as good as the past. Right. Without desecrating it, coming up with some half-assed tune, you know, just to, you know, try to ride some wave or some shit. No, that's not why I'm back. That's not why I've been able to sacrifice so much to get back to the position that where I am, you know what I mean? Uh, I missed out on a lot of years and he'll, you know, over time I was able to build this opportunity to do it right and close strong because let's not, let's not kid ourselves at 54. I can't see myself doing this in a decade. Maybe sure. I'll be blessed to do that. That's quite a long shot. You know what I mean? I don't want to do it half ass, but I'm blessed with the energy and the health after all the shit I put myself through to do this. And I simply just want to do it right and strong. I don't want to have the regrets of saying, oh, I could have did this and I could have did that if only I did this and that. You know, fuck regret. I'm running with it. I'm moving forward. Most of those guys didn't expect me to get this far, and they're not too thrilled that I'm moving even (laughs) further forward. And you know what? I don't even understand why you let your ego get in the way. You know what I mean? Because they're playing in much bigger bands, not having to worry about the bullshit I have to deal with, and playing the bigger crowds. You know what I mean? They just never wanted to be you know, the man, or when they tried to be the man, like, and, and manage and be the decision maker, they all fucking failed. But I proved to them it's not hard to do the books on a tour. Right. And finance it and pay everybody out and keep an accounting. It's not hard to make a sound decision, especially if you have enough sound people around you to figure it out and make a, a good course and make a decision. 
all these guys that are backing me up and that are part of my team, whether it's uh, Gordon or Laz with GNL All Stars, my managing partners, or Dan Nastasi or Dank, my bass player, the guys from Rhythm of Fear that spell with me. All these guys would not be working with me if I was still fucking around. Right. You know what I mean? So that's the shit that pisses everybody off. I proved all of them fucking wrong. I've done it. I've moved forward. I've put us into this position of, you know, and now we're diving into the pool. We're back in it on, on, on a strong, interesting level. And, uh, you know, I, I've just got an expression for all that shit now when people get a little miffed. It's, uh, how about that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I'm, I'm doing that and that, you know, and, and here we are. And I think, you know, like AJ and Tom from Reality, they just thought like, you know, oh, he's just an idiot and a burnout. No, we'll just keep moving forward and run rough shot over him. Yeah, well, guess what? <laughs> I already got a lot of the main distros not buying the product. Right. How about that? <laughs> you know what I mean? And and he already proved what a pussy he was when I showed up into his country and showed up at his sponsored festival. How about that? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, to no and, shows. And in overtime, in overtime, you're going to have to deal with me. All of you. So get ready. How about that? <laughs> I love it. You Eddie. know what I'm saying? Uh, well, you got You know, you said like, you see, 54, you probably can't do this very much longer. But I got to tell you, your enthusiasm and your voice alone, too, are holding up just fine at this point. I've listened to, to this to these two tracks that you're about to drop this week, right? A, a, punch, yeah. a bunch of times. And uh, I have a lot of questions about it. But the first one I wanted to say is you, you already went over how, how you decided on uh, upstate records and i think you made a great choice yeah. mario from all my all my uh business with him which is not really it's all been pleasure you know is seems like a great guy and uh you this is from what i understand uh, a series of seven inches yeah you know since i never did the ep thing we were able to be blessed with chris williamson taking us on when he started the rock hotel label with Profile Records, which was really a label that was built by Run DMC yeah. in, in you know the underground and rap department, and they became a big dance hall label over time too with other rap artists before yeah. it was considered hip hop. But you know, uh, Murphy's Law was signed to Rock Hotel, Chromags, um, they signed Motorhead during the Orgasmatron release and reissued all previous albums so there was a serious roster there for a time as well as uh that that band destruction from europe yeah, Germany, um, yeah. so but but then chris's deal his contract ended and they decided to kind of cut ways with him and keep all the bands and they didn't really do much else for us you know, a lot of people bitch about, you know, Chris Williamson being a schemer and a thief. Um, you know, most managers are. It's nothing new. Um, <laughs> you know, but he did help both bands establish legacies because, you know, the Chromags went out and toured with Motorhead right. and killed it on nights. I mean, like, had the most hated audiences. 
but then they went went up there and musically whipped their ass, even though Harley and John probably could have whipped about 50 of them, you know, with the rest of the band. But like instead, though, they went out there and with their fury and onslaught, won an audience over in a song. Like, you know, it went from, you know, thumbs down in the Roman Amp- Roman Coliseum to thumbs up yeah. in an instant, you know, and, and Chris gave each of these bands those opportunities. Uh, Murphy's Law on their own toured with the Beastie Boys and Public Enemy. Chris didn't do that, yeah. but they had their own thing and they, they had a great run during the 80s too. I was blessed with uh, the Bad Brains Quickness tour and, and yeah. you know, Chris had a lot to do with that. So, um, you know, he, he did his part uh, with that label. What was the question? I know I go off on tangents. <laughs> but, oh, I was asking um, about the series, the, how the seven inches of the series. Yeah, so we went we went straight to album. We were given a great budget, and we did Born to Expire. And, you know, and when people heard the sound of that record, all the New York fans wanted to go to the same studio up in Rhode Island, which was called Normandy Sounds. You know, we, we were able to set all those standards. So now, with this new position and the way the industry is right now, I think it's best for me to take advantage of doing the EP thing. Yeah. And when the time is right and the music develops, we'll be able to go towards a full length. You know, there's so many different styles and sounds that I want to do you know, that I don't also want to be pigeonholed and worry about being leeway because leeway always pushed the envelope every album sounded different you know even born to expire into desperate measures there is a change but you know you hear the significant change from desperate measures into adult crash adult crash into open mouth kiss so where does leeway go from there well you know leeway never allowed themselves to be held down to one style or sound they always push the envelope so there's a lot of things I would like to try and see if they work. But, you know, at the same time, I will put out what I am happy with yeah. because that's the that's important to me at the end of the day. As much as I want to please an audience, I don't write to do that. I have to please myself and, I, and, and then deliver it and hope they appreciate it, you know. Yeah. Uh, at least as long as I know the musicianship is strong and it is a well-composed and well-produced uh, track, two tracks, then I can release it. If people don't get it, that's okay, too. You know. Yeah. But I yeah. just want to make sure it's not half-assed. It's not going to be RTL Records, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think... Uh, I, do you have uh, these these songs written and recorded and you're sitting on them or is it just something you're going to do as it comes? Some stuff was sitting on some stuff. Uh, we thought it was best that Dan uses it for his other project. Kings never die. We tracked five songs. These are the two we were happy with. Um, I've got so many guys with, with so many talents. We're just going to let it, you know, happen. Yeah. And and we started again putting things together because we want to back this single up with something just as strong, something better, and and try to build momentum while we can. You know, I feel like yeah, because of my age and and having this opportunity again, that you know I want to 
make the best of the time that I have and stay consistent. It took a while to get to this point, and it took longer than we uh, prospected. And, and, you know, I don't want that to happen anymore, you know. So yeah. we're, we're on the ball. We're moving forward with that. We're, we're looking to where we're booking the next U.S. tour for the end of the summer. We're doing some shows to, you know, party the release. You know, we milked the fucking shit out of this, I have to tell you, <laughs> because what, I mean, let's get back to that for a second. Yeah. I mean, the single, the, you know, Push It came out in October, and, we waited so long to get everything up and, and decide well, how we were going to press it because we wanted to bring back the 45 RPM, you know, but it is more practical also to make seven inches. So there was a lot of sorting out to do and then have these guys help me figure out the budget in Europe and, and you know, make that happen. And where we are now is, is like I said, it's release time. Uh, people are getting their EP in the mail as of today. People were letting me know they, they got it. You know, so it's on time. It's officially out Friday. Everybody can hear the B-side finally and what that story is about. And, uh, you know, now we're lining up for the next move. You know, obviously, like, you know, winning a game of chess it's it's a series of moves to get to 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 get to checkmate you know what i'm saying yeah. so you know um and you know there's there's fish to fry and you know uh and keeping everything in order it's 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 finally in a place where i feel confident and and that more things are going to be happening here and, and I'd like to see a series of EPs out there. It might be the best way for me to introduce music and maybe introduce more music over a year and and keep everything strong and consistent. I'd rather put two singles out and do four to six songs a year and give everybody the best that I have sure. than just to give them everything and and not be enough at the same time you know well it sounds I, uh, like this might be this might be more fun for you this time around do you feel like that uh i do and and even though i have more to do you know like on tour i'm the tour manager i'm the merch guy and i have to do the set but it keeps me occupied i hate the downtime of the show and that's why i'm never really a green room or backstage type of person i like to be able to meet people it it means a lot to me that people have held this band and this music close to their heart for some years or decades and and i love talking to younger kids that you know that are younger than my songs yeah. and and get their perspective so it's a lot of fun when i'm out on the road it's it's not fun when all of this is out of your hands and everybody just seems to be fucking it up you know right. uh I, at least i get to do things on my terms make decisions and it's easier to live with failure than to have someone else failing who's not even giving you the opportunity for your opinion or input you know what i sure. mean because that's what life was for me constant failure constantly falling down and having to pick myself up and keep going 
And, and that's another embodiment that I try to show people that this can be part of your life, a, a great deal of failure. But if you keep picking yourself up and you keep going and you keep believing in yourself, you can get there. Yeah, of you course. Know? Uh, you know, because for a long time, circumstances and situations uh, kept me from being able to do what I'm doing now. But, you know, that's part of the course is learning it out and figuring it out and getting it together, you know, and and that's where I am now, you know. Yeah. What, so, what do you think was like the what, what do you what do you wish you had known about being in a band before you started being in bands? Um, I wish my 1987 contract to profile wasn't my first day of school you know what yeah. I mean because obviously that record deal was my higher education and then by the time everything ended for leeway after 95 and into new millennium you know the industry changed a lot and I wasn't in the mix and I had to relearn it all so I I wish I had a little bit more hands-on knowledge um, back then to be able to utilize, you know, the skills and the business acumen that I have with the people around me now, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, we're not the quickest bunch, we're still learning. It takes a little time, but we all want to make it work and we all want to put the energy and time in, you know, it just takes time to really make a machine it's like a timepiece you know what i mean and and yeah. everybody's got to be in working order if this if somebody who's supposed to be the spring breaks that's it you're not you're not making time sure, sure. you know time stands still so uh i i wish i had that um i don't have regrets becoming an addict because i learned a lot about people becoming an addict but i wish i was able to uh, learn that and put an end to it sooner. And yeah. That's where my regrets are. But going through that in my life, I learned a lot about people and I learned about, you know, being able to read a person and learn whether they're sincere or not. You know, but there's some real good fucking used car salesmen out there still. You know, you could still, you could still get fucking fooled and get stuck with a lemon at times. Sure, you know, sure. And, and that's, that's pretty much it, you know, because despite the health things and, and the accident when I broke my neck in 2006, you know, those things happen too, but it's like everything I had to go through in life taught me something. Yeah. And, you know, I may not look like the strongest guy at a show, but my resilience has a strength that, that, you know, one could wish to have you know yeah. and uh you know it i guess i guess having that pride is is also what makes things easy for me to to still enjoy this and not be jaded like a lot of the older guys too yeah you know yeah well i think it's that, think that, that simple time that simple cliche phrase you know of hard times hard times build character but uh, I think it's obviously evident, and it, which makes me want to. And, and I like what you're saying there about having the, the pride too. And I wanted to ask you mm. the the other side of that is the, the the what what are you most proud of? 
Uh, you know, that's hard to answer at times because I have a very self-deprecating humor. Sure. I try to keep myself humble. I don't like to walk around with an attitude or ego the way some others are in this music because, you know, there was, there was an ethic that was a part of this music when I first started going to shows in 81. And, and I am proud of being able to still hold on to that early musical ethic that was established right away in early New York scene and New York hardcore yeah. of true unity and community. But, you know, not everybody really practices what they preach. <laughs> not at all. Not um, even close. I think I'm proud of my resiliency after all of it. I've made a ton of dumb mistakes. I, you know, so many bad choices. That's why I, you know, have a criminal record. And I had to lose out on a lot of opportunities because of that record. You know, as far as, uh, you know, career and doing this and doing that but you know I got to do whatever the fuck I wanted to do in life you know I might have struggled financially you know but I always found a way to survive a day a week a month a year and you know that is the drive that helped me to get back to where I am now and and at the same time you know, I'm proud of the people that are with me now, too, and that have stayed the course with me. Yeah. Because a, a lot of people have doubted me or, or, you know, they doubted me for a moment and then they are no longer with us and have that regret. You know, um, that's that's pretty much it. Well, now that you, now that you are, you know, you got this new record coming out and I saw you, you did you did a little bit of touring recently, right? With uh, over here. With, was it yeah, we went with Iron Reagan to, to the Midwest and back. Right now, we are trying to work something out with uh, Satellite, another booking agency, and uh, set something up to do a full tour of the states and make it back to the West Coast starting in October through to November. And Because uh, we were out there last year uh, during the summer, the beginning of the summer. I had Rhythm of Fear with me on that tour. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I want to get back there again quick because that tour was like the first time back in like over 20 years, you know what I mean? Uh, other than playing Rainfest uh, several years before with Truth and Rights. So, uh, you know, I'm trying to keep a consistency with everything going too. And, uh, you know, if the... If the Going out with Iron Reagan and then having a really successful tour in Europe, you know, I'm home, I need to rest, I, I'm, you know, having fun getting settled in and have been settled in again for a while, but I need to keep this up to pace and I, I'm looking forward to just playing out as much as I can. You know, yeah. I've been trying to establish since last year a goal of doing <clears throat> a minimum 80 or hopefully a hundred shows. And last year I did achieve 80 shows or just under that number. Nice. And this year I have a chance to eclipse that and get closer to a hundred and, and, you know, just keep that pace, you know, and, and make the best of the time that's left, you know, was it easy for you to I get mean, back yes. into touring, like playing night after night? 
I'm kind of used to it, right. you know, like there's been points in my life where, you know, it's been a rather nomadic, you know, not saying so much homeless, but, you know, living here and then moving to somewhere else within a year's time. Yeah. Uh, I've always been a restless spirit. So um, going out and doing it night after night is fun. But, you know, the mission is different, too. After the show, you know, I wanted to drink and smoke or go deeper down the line. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And yeah. run around or go to a show. Not anymore. No. Once the show's over, that's it. It's time to find out where we're heading, you know, as far as maybe we got driving to do before we got to bed down for tomorrow's show, what have you. You know, everything else has to get done. I need to get my rest. I need to take care of sorting out the expenses for the night, hit everybody off, do the books, you know, and keep this thing going. You know what I mean? So there's no time for me to be going out and doing the rah, rah, rah thing, right. which is pretty pathetic at my age too, <laughs> wouldn't it be? So, It'd be a little you know, awkward. Uh, a little awkward. <laughs> but, you know, I still, I still get to enjoy the show and the energy. And like I said, meeting people and, you know, meeting that one person every few shows who tells me how the music or the lyrics and, and, and my song parts help them get through challenges in their lives. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, so when I hear that from a younger kid or someone who's been off of saying crystal meth for four years, you know, it, it's an amazing feeling. You know, uh, I am the type of guy, if anybody reaches out to me and is respectful, of course, I reply to them. I don't have the time to do it on both Facebook and Instagram with my schedule in the day, but I try to be in touch with everybody through Instagram because it's easy to do that through my phone. Yeah, yeah. So there are people that, you know, are in recovery right now, or, you know, one kid who had to go through uh, two years in prison and uh you know i helped keep his spirits up and helped his girl you know hold it down for him during that whole time and he's out doing wonderful things there's another young lady who who's been a fan a very fanatic fan who's in sober living right now has her shit back together and and it's great to see that it's yeah. great to see that because i know my music could have brought them to that dark side you know trying to understand and wonder you know what are the drugs that are out there that people use and things like that and I was strictly addicted to opiates I was never addicted to alcohol yeah. never liked cocaine never liked pills and and you know now since it's such a pandemic with you know ever since oxycontin and oxycodone and you know, people can easily die nowadays using shit from the streets with all the fentanyl in it. You know, it's a scary, scary world to be a part of now. Yeah. And and when we're younger, man, we don't even realize how much of a crapshoot it is to be an IV addict every day, that the chances are. And, you know, sadly, you know, that's what Pusher is about. You know, how's that for a segue? There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, like a pro, you know, it's, it's, it's an issue that all of us are dealing with on some level. There's either, 
a significant other or, yeah. or a family member that's dealing with the throes of drug addiction and normally with drug addiction, mental health issue. You know, most people are medicating their depression or some sort of trauma and pain, and they need to find a better channel. You know what I mean? But yeah. now that they've been addicted to this great controller that heroin and the poppy plant was for, for centuries, you know, it's not easy for the human spirit to, to walk away from that thing. And, uh, you know, a lot of people destroy their brain chemistry and their limbic system is not working the way it used to and they're not getting enough serotonin and and you know they can't enjoy the little things in life you know what i mean so it's it's a hard road because most people who would say need antidepressants even if it's a serotonin uptake or an aoi inhibitor you know not all of them work well for you there's no miracle drug out there and may help you with some of your symptoms, but you have to focus on the other. Yeah. But here we are in those throes trying to help this family member or, or significant other. And you don't want to enable them, but you also don't want to see them in jail or in a hospital or dead. Yeah. So how do you, how do you balance that out? You know, some people choose maintenance, like I'll go out and get the drug for you so long as you stay home safe and, and, you know, try to find your way off this shit right. or, or, you know, so people are resorting to that. And, you know, I experienced that at a time with somebody who I cared for greatly and, and, you know, the story just surfaced into the song when I was, uh, trying to produce it with Christian from El Nino because vocalist from El Nino helped record and and uh, work with me on these two songs. Yeah. And that's how we came up with Pusher. And yes, lyrically, you know, the title is I'm Your Pusher. It sounds provocative, but it's also, you know, in, in the second person, I'm not your pusher, lyrically and vocally in the song. Right. And that is the tug of war. You know what I mean? Obviously, I'm risking jail to help you. But this is, to me, better than you ending up hurt or violated or dead, going yeah. out there trying to maintain that habit yourself. And and if you don't know what it's like to have to come up with money just to stay straight, we're not talking about getting high, you're so sick that... You know, you, you're just trying to get by. You know, I don't think a lot of people really understand how that addiction, just like crack or cocaine and, and pills, can really consume somebody. Sure. And it, we're all not just always equipped to help them, you know? Yeah. And, and everybody's different. Some answers may work for one person that don't work for the other. And, you know... I'm just trying to bring the the social subject to the table. I don't think people are talking about it. You know what I mean? So, you know, I do want my lyrics and I do want my songs to be thought-provoking. I want to bring this to the table. I want to start that dialogue. Because, again, this music scene was built by 
misfits and outcasts. Yeah. And as much as may some people may be walking around acting like they've got their shit together, you know, they're dealing with a lot of stuff too, you know? Yeah. And I, well, I, I want to say, I think you got, you've got an advantage, um, with, with simply how your voice sounds and the way you sing and the way you do your songs is that you're very unique, you know, especially for hardcore or crossover, whatever you want to call it. And, and but you can, you enunciate well. People can understand what you're saying as you sing the songs. I think it's a, a, a unique advantage that you have in being able to convey your message. And I think it's, yeah, and- I, I, think you, yeah, I think that's cool. Well, I I appreciate that. I you know I never took a lesson. Uh, I you know you you as a vocalist you're telling a story and you're dramatizing. So you know I guess I established the blues, living the blues, as corny as that may sound. Right. But you know at the same time, I can dramatize a story, and and sing. After doing it for so long, I had to learn how to sing naturally by breathing and just jumping into it and doing it night after night because you know if you're just a growling vocalist you're going to you're going to have a hard time doing 25 shows straight right. you know so you have to learn to sing to do what I do exactly and uh you know I guess that's why the uniqueness stands out is is you know pursuing a style that could be almost all my own out of this hardcore thing but still works in sounds like some things and components from so many other rock avenues you know what i mean from the past as well as the present you know so i i feel fortunate for that so i want to make the best out of bringing something thought-provoking and and a song to the table that sticks to your ribs like a good meal you know yeah now Let's talk about the B side. Sure. Message to a man child was. Well, that could be about a lot of people. Well, yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of people out there that are acting like children. And, uh, you know, most of them know it, too. Because let me tell you something. When I was fucking up, I knew it. You know, I still had to look at myself in the mirror. And as much as maybe I was lying to the other person that I was doing fine. I could see myself in the mirror. I wasn't doing fine. Right. You know what I mean? And and that's pretty much where this story is. I'm, I'm talking about an old running partner of mine. Uh, and this is someone that was very close to my family. Ate at my table. And, you know, we were doing some really fucked up things. Running around pursuing this party life. And, you know we went our own ways and weren't really in touch for over 20 years, even though, you know, we were in and out for minutes seeing each other at an, at a show or reunion. And not too long ago, they reached out to me asking if, you know, they could reunite. And I knew this person never changed. Yeah. He was about five years younger than me and was suffering from all the things that I was suffering, but I already went through the treatment, and he never changed. And then the things that I was finding out about what he did to uh, family members of friends we all grew up with, robbing them and ripping them off, 
uh, it was just something I, I didn't want to be a part of anymore. And I was starting this wonderful life here. And I said, no, B, you know, I'm on this new track in my life where I've kind of moved forward by myself. And, and you know, I'm happy there, you know. Yeah. And he resented that. But that's not why this song came out. From there, and the post is on my Instagram page. From there, he went down to the south where his family lives and committed the uh, hit-and-run death of a 38-year-old woman. Oh, Jesus. Now, when they grabbed him at the airport, they couldn't hold him because they still didn't find the body, but they knew he did it, you know, uh, because of forensics, like the way the windshield crashed and showed the indentation of the skull. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they didn't find the body until three days later, so they had to let him go. So what does he do? He runs to New York and lies to one of my family members to to shack him up and give him a place to stay. And, you know, this is all while being on the run. Right. Because once they found the body, they indicted and went looking for him. So... In essence, whether you were honest with my family or not, you just put them into jeopardy as aiding and abetting. Of course, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, there's children involved yeah. and everything else. This is this is how you respect me. You know what I mean? This is why you wanted to reunite with me. Right. Uh, I lost my shit. I, I have to be honest. I lost Rightf my rightfully shit. Rightfully so. Out, you know, and and he knew I went looking for him. Uh, he finally got grabbed up. He sat on Rikers until they extradited him because he fought extradition. And um, all you have to do is go Myrtle Beach online and you read the post on Instagram and you'll see his name. Mm -hmm. Just Google that name. Myrtle Beach online and you'll get an idea of who this fucking idiot is because he sits there on the video as he's being arraigned and, and he interrupts the judge like three times trying to talk his way out of it. Like, oh, I didn't even know I hit somebody, but, 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 but you know, it, it's defense law 101, man. You're just being arraigned. Right. Shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? You'll get your chance to talk and try to worm your ass out of it. But that was this typical guy. You know, he would fuck everyone and anybody over and think he could talk his way out of it. And half the time, you know, girls or people would let it slide. But, you know, the same shit would happen again and again and again. And when you're pretty much going on 50, it's pretty much a lack of a bet to say that you know, you're not going to change, dude. You're not going to change. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But hopefully maybe 7 to 12 in, you know, Mecklenburg or one of those Carolina prisons might give him the chance to, you know, enjoy his senior years when he gets out. But he sure as hell isn't welcome at my table, you know? Of course not. So Fuck that guy. I that's don't know. Where it Fuck is. him, though. Wow. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it's like it's like why do you why do you want to reunite with me? Why? Because I'm having fun now, and you know I'm doing it myself, and yeah, 
you know, I'm, I'm not involved with what you're doing. What are we going to do together? Reminisce yeah. about that time, you know, I OD'd or you OD'd and we had to save each other. Those <laughs> fucking miserable stories, B. I don't want to be talking about that nonsense. Right, right. You know, I'm just in a different place. Sometimes people have to move on. There's a lot of people I see that I'm not with anymore, but they're succeeding and they're doing things. And I'm just like, you know, good for them. Yeah. You know, I'm happy for them. They're doing really good right now. I hope they're well. You know, you don't, you don't need to invade their world and fucking open their fridge and, you know, put your feet up on the couch. You know right, what I mean? Right. Especially, especially if you don't have nothing to offer. Sure. You know, sure. so... It's sad, it, but, you know, obviously um, it, was, it only took like five minutes to write the lyrics after after I committed it to paper and the song flowed perfectly. And it gives me, you know, another grooving kind of slow rock hardcore song that I got to do my thing on. And it came off and, you know, that's why I always wrote from my life because it gave me an advantage to be able to express and, you know, emote what I was trying to say in a much stronger way Yeah. than just you know, coming up with a topic, you know, like, you know, Oh, I'm going to write a song about El Chapo. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, you know, there's nothing personal right. in El Chapo to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, how good is that going to be? You know what I mean? You know, yeah, for sure. Sure he's but hard my... as fuck. My you know, how do I rhyme hot as fuck, you know? I think truck. God has luck, Yeah. you know? I'd be truck, you know, I got a truck. I don't know. Let me see if that works. Well, I like, I like, what, you, I like what you're doing better. I like, I like your, your ideas better. But, you know, there, yeah, but, there's, you know there's certain, there's, there's very few people, uh, lyricists, well, I'll even call them in hardcore, that do a good job of writing like uh, I don't, I don't, I guess, but not necessarily stories, but do just do a really good job of writing songs. Well, like concentrated on, you know, pronouncing clearly very early on because you know a lot of thrashy punk bands from the early '80s, you know, they wanted to write their lyrics very fast, you know, write lyrics with a lot of syllable chop chop and yeah. be very fast, not just rhyme. And most dudes couldn't really get the words out of their mouth quick enough. You yeah. know, some guys could do it like HR and others couldn't. So I, you know, even at that time, I grew up partially deaf since I was infancy, since I was an infant. So I never had proper ear, hearing in my right ear. It was always like 40, huh. 50% than what my left ear is. Right. And with that, you know, sometimes I flub my words, things like that. But at the same time, you know, I was able to learn how to pronounce and do all the right things. You can hear the words. You can hear the story. Um, I'm not going too fast for you where you can understand it. And, you know, it, it it is what it is. So you can hear the story. And I mean, what is music in any way? It all started out as folk tales, you know what I mean? Or things yeah. like that. 
You know, what were the cavemen doing? Banging rocks and sticks and, you know, <laughs> talking about, you know, that buffalo that came down the valley one day and we all stomped it and ate good for a week. You know what I mean? I just you know, imagine that's a caveman stomping a buffalo. Is. Yeah, well, you know, stomping, stabbing, you know, dropping a rock on it, right. however they did it. You know what I mean? But do you remember that time? Sure. You know? We sure ain't good that day, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a song, you know. Uh, you know, they talk about all the things that are close to them, and that's how music evolved into what it is today, you know. Whether, you know, you're talking about bling or, you know, you're, you're writing songs about, you know, knocking boots, whatever you're <laughs> writing your story about. You know, for me, I didn't intend or plan to write two songs that come from the same place in the street, but it did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because uh, when we were doing the press the other day, you know, and I'm looking at this and it's like, oh, shit. You know, here I am, you know. Uh, it's enough to have to be honest about my past drug experiences and everything like that. Now, here I am promoting you know, an EP with two songs about the street and drug life, you know? Oh, how about that? Right. You know, so here I am, you know, uh, it wasn't intentional, but, you know, I guess the songs are strong. People can definitely understand them. You know, uh, if you want to look at it in more simpler terms, you know, I'm Not Your Pusher is the social problem song and Message to a Man Child is the ultimate stabbed me in the back hardcore song right you know everybody yeah. has to write a song about getting stabbed in the back yeah it's, you know? that's like a, here's, what they call it, right another yeah <laughs> yeah you know it's almost like everybody's got a stab me in the back song yeah. you know or at least a lyric in a song you stab me in the back you know <laughs> well everybody th- goes to hardcore shows you can see the knives the way they're, you know, protruding out of their jackets. You know, everybody's, everybody's got a, got a fucking handle. knife in their yeah, back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, we've all been stabbed in the back. Right, right, but probably by each other, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Eddie, I, I'm I'm glad that you decided to do this and do Leeway NYC and that you're releasing this EP um, I, I was surprised, not surprised, but I, I did appreciate that, that B-side. Like you said, a little slower, a little more groovy, a little more mid-tempo. I don't know, you know, I'm not a musician, so I won't classify it. Nobody's but, doing that. Yeah. Nobody's kind of putting that to the table, so it, it gives it a very fresh appeal. Yeah. You know, I want other bands to be able to hear me and be inspired to be themselves more and not try to emulate you know, I, I I can see who you look up to by your, your moves on stage. Right. You know what I mean? So I I know that you like this band or that band because you're you're moving like the guitar player. You know, you're you're acting like the front man. Yeah. You know. Well, this is this is about individuality, it's about being yourself. You know, you can join a glam band and wear a bunch of makeup and be a character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or you could do the same thing in hip hop or, or another thing. But this was supposed to be a music about realness and opening up those wounds and being who you are, you know, and being a vocalist is about being naked and putting it all out there for the audience. Right. You know, and this is a live music. This Most bands don't get to record and produce songs like I've been blessed with. 
But, you know, I'm also humbled by all of this, Dan. You know, there's just, you know, no way I would have expected this. And if anybody who was in New York hardcore doing it in 1985, if they told you that they knew we were going to be here, all of us at this point would be full of shit because it was supposed to be like a modern music phenomena that, you know, wasn't supposed to stand the test of time. But it's kind of turned into like the modern day underground classic rock. Yeah, you know, that's true. and here we are. We're still here. And, uh, you know, obviously a lot of us in NYHC are signing up for AARP. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. we're going to have to hand that mantle down. You know what I'm saying? So we got to go out there and make the best of the time that we have left, put our arms around these up and comers and give them the guidance to take this to another level and to keep keep it alive. You know, otherwise nobody's going to know about who we are and our stories. I guess it's great that documentaries are becoming more, uh, more, more documentaries are surfacing, sure. which are definitely, you know, documenting this whole thing. And not just New York. We're talking about, you know, all the other hardcore scenes throughout the country and other cities and other states, you know, and the fact that this is a worldwide phenomenon and more and more bands are not just going to Japan, but they're going to Southeast Asia and playing those countries. You know, Russia has hardcore shows now. I don't know how many bands actually get to go there, right. but I played Slovakia for the first time, so I was not that far from the Ukraine. <laughs> You know, I just did three Polish shows. I never played Poland before. And I was floored there because as much as there may have been a language barrier between a lot of members of the audience, um, they were singing the lyrics to the song. And they yeah, were singing Pusher. And, 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 you know, it, it's humbling. You know what I mean? I, I, can't, I can't go up there and go, you know, like, oh, I got that by the balls, don't I? You know what I mean? I, I just don't see it. It's They're relating to me. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, that doesn't mean I'm going to sell a million records. It just it just means that the passion is prevalent. It, it, it's permeating the room. And, and the fact that, it, you know, there is a language barrier, but we're all getting it. And, and it's, it's turned into a fucking worldwide community. Thank God for the social media opportunities to be able to reach out and to touch all these people, you know. Yeah. But there's no reason to take it for granted because it's it's not that big. It's not that much of a movement as we would hope it to be. But it, it still is something beautiful and, and and I'm just very, very fortunate to be able to still have that chance to be a part of it. You know, yeah. Well, Eddie, I, think I don't. Un I don't understand the legend thing. That that's another story, I guess, for another time. You know. Yeah, yeah, I hear. You. Well, I think I think on that I note, just, we should wrap. We should wrap this one up. All right. Well, listen, man. You know, you you uh, got anything to do next week? Give me a call. Uh, you know, talk some more. <laughs> we could we could absolutely do this again sometime. But I I want but you. Yeah, to I want you to tell people where they can, like you keep mentioning the Instagram and, and, and places where they can find uh, you and Lee NYC. Well, I do have the Eddie Sutton uh, Facebook page, um, but it's really best to 
tap in and follow me uh, on Instagram. It's Eddie underscore Leeway. So it's E-D-D-I-E, a low line, L-E-E-W-A-Y. Um, that's the best way to contact me, you know, if you're interested in merch, posters, you know, talking. And uh, you could get the record through upstaterecords.com or reach me on Instagram as Eddie underscore Leeway, Eddie Leeway. And, uh, you know, I'll help you link up to that. Um, I enjoy talking to people. It's a trip to still get to be a part of this. And, you know, I want everybody who's ever believed in this band, you know, uh, to the fact that a lot of them still gave me their support and came out to see me to, you know, do enough shows and to work my way to this point. I can't thank you enough. And, and I hope that, you know, by reincarnating the band that I can offer you something uh, and, and just uh, close right. You know what I mean? Make some more music that can be a part of our lives and just have a lot of fun because at the end of the day, it's about entertainment, man. It's, you know, it's, it's, what we all still want to to be a part of, you know. Yeah, well, I think I can. I think I can. No, I think I can speak I'm for a lot of us. Clutching at words here. <laughs> when I but say you, that, we're, you know, we're, we're we're grateful to have you. We're grateful to have you back and still doing well, this. I think at, we're all grateful for this music. I think it gave us a lot of values, even though that we had a lot of fuck ups in mix of our thing as well. You know, obviously, a lot of us stayed true to this because. Right. It was something tangible in our lives. It wasn't a phase like, yeah, I was in straight edge and then uh, I graduated high school and started college. I stopped going to shows then. Yeah, you know, yes. you know, there's a lot of those types, but right. then there's others that always went to shows as they raised kids and, you know, they got to be punk rock parents and, you know, they learned to be themselves through this music and, you know, that's really something we all could hope for, you know, that's and that's true. what a lot of us did. We got to stay in this and be ourselves and uh, we put our thumbs up against average society, having to just be some plastic, you know, incarnation of who you are really, you know, yeah. it's, it's artificial intelligence out there in some ways, you know, with the way people are robots. You know, I understand the zombie phenomena and the whole zombie apocalypse because we are surrounded by a lot of zombies. If you go to these shopping centers or certain places, it's a crazy world, man. It's it is. a crazy world. You know, so we're grateful that we have something that has helped a lot of us uh, stay grounded. It's something we, you know, we're always able to go back to and, uh, you know, share some positive memories because that's the bottom line. Right. And all of it's, you know, it's, it's the positive memories that we could still instill into others you know, to keep this music and this phenomenal alive. You know, genre, phenomena, this thing of ours, whatever you want to call it. Well, again, you're doing a you're doing a great job of it, and and I and I'm I, I'm looking forward to other people hearing this. I mean, I know Pusher's out, but the you know the, the other side of this record, and uh, and again, I thank you for doing it and and for having this conversation with me. I truly appreciate it. Yeah, it was fun. It was definitely yeah. fun. Reach out to me after the summer. We'll start, you know, we'll start making Sunday football picks, you yeah, know, there, and uh, we'll go. see how we e do at the end e of the year. Eagles every week, right? 
Well, you could go Eagles. I'll 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 play the line. We'll see what we got each week. <laughs> All you right, know man. what I mean? You, you can't sleep on you can't sleep on these sub five hundred teams when they're playing at home. Sometimes you that's know? true. So sometimes yeah. you gotta you gotta flip the line there a bit. You know. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see who's better at the end of the year. Give me a call. All right, man. Thanks for talking. All right. Thanks, man. Take yeah, care. Later, Eddie. Night.
So there you go. That was my conversation with the wonderful Eddie Sutton of Leeway NYC. And the song there at the end was a song we talked about, Message to a Manchild, off the B-side of the Tipping Point 7-inch, um, which is available now from Upstate Records. So you need to go check that out. Um, I, I, I was very pleased with talking to Eddie. Um, I've mentioned before, I don't know if necessarily on this podcast, but I know on the interview I did with No Echo, I mentioned that a lot of times when when, when I interview people from the hardcore world, uh, which sucks because they're my world, is that they're they're, they're more standoffish and they're, they're kind of dicks. Like really, that's that that's been the case, uh, probably about fifty percent of the time. And uh, lately, I've been getting proven wrong by guys like Blaze Tishko last week and uh, Eddie Sutton this week. But uh, it's it's nice, uh, you know. So I never know what to anticipate when I'm going to talk to somebody from hardcore because when you talk to dudes from hardcore. Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know what the, if it's the elitism, the fucking whatever, whatever the the posturing in hardcore that doesn't allow people to relax and have a good conversation. Not even remotely had that problem with Eddie. Eddie was great, you know, and I'll, I would gladly talk to him um, many more times. Um, but yeah, check out that record. Uh, truly a legendary band in hardcore and crossover in metal, really. I wanted to ask him whatever happened to the uh, Hall of Fame induction for Born to Expire in Decibel Magazine. I, I, I heard rumblings, but never saw that actually come to fruition. So I wonder what happened. should have asked him that. Um, but anyway, that's it for this week. Next week, I'm going to have a guy named Jeff Helen from the band Horries on. It's, it's a noise rock band. Um, you should check them out if you're not familiar with them. They just released a split with Beige Eagle Boys on Reptilian Records. So uh, if, if you haven't if you haven't familiarized yourself with that and you like shit like Unsane or uh, what other bands that he mentioned, like U.S. Maple, the, the noise rock, all right? It's, it's different. It's not hardcore. It's not punk rock. It's not, it's not heavy metal. It's something else. And, you know, and those who know, know, and those who don't, maybe it might be a time to check it out. So anyway, familiarize yourself with Horries for the next week's episode, and uh, I hope you enjoyed this week with Eddie Sutton. I sure did, like I said, several times now. So if you want to get a hold of me, you can do so. At getting it out podcast at gmail.com. There's under there's the, the, the underscore page. I was gonna say underscore page because there's so many fucking underscores in my Instagram page. It's getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast. That's only like three, but it seems it seems extreme. Um there is the Facebook page, Getting It Out Podcast. How how about that? Twitter at Getting It Out Pod. I want you to go to Dark Satellite Media on every format on Twitter, on Facebook, and Instagram, and follow Dark Satellite Media. At Dark Satellite Media, if I gotta be fucking specific. Specific? Pacific? It's specific. That's what it is. That's the correct one. Um, so, yeah, that's it for this one. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share. Let people know you're listening to the show. That's what helps most. Let's end this one with another hardcore song, an international track from a band called Strength Approach. I believe they're from Italy. And you know what? My wife's from Italy. Maybe they know each other. You better not know each other. I hope you don't know each other. Stay away from my wife's strength approach. She's mine. She's beautiful and she's mine. Anyway, here's their song. What's it called? The song is called uh, Reap What You Sow. Imagine if they were talking about like sewing needles. Like, reap what you sow. Like, you have to, like, it'd be like, never mind. I, I'm going to go down one of these holes again. I'm digging it. I'm digging the hole, but I'm also digging the song. So let's hear that song instead. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Bye-bye. You fear what's different from what you know Beyond your nose it's like sea We all bleed the same while you gonna strain
subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.